Hello, and welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy, and today we'll be talking about Sister Act 2, colon, Back in the Habit, which was released on the 10th of December 1993 in the US, on the 11th of February 1994 in Ireland, and on um, the 25th of March 1994 in the UK. Big gap. Well, not a big gap, but, you know, a gap. Um... It was written by James Orr, Jim Cruikshank and Judy Ann Mason. It was directed by Bill Duke and stars Rupert Goldberg, Kathy Najimy, Bernard Hughes, James Colburn, Lauren Hill and uh, Maggie Smith. And Jennifer Love Hughes in there somewhere too. <laughs> Jimmy and I have thought of the of problems the movie has, three problems, and we'll discuss them. Uh, we've also thought of one positive the movie has. So what's your history with this movie? Uh, I enjoyed the first one. I've liked, I liked the first one. I've seen it a few times. I don't know why I've only ever seen this one once before. I may have watched it like occasionally when it's on TV on a bike holiday or at Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. BBC One will usually just stick it on to fill in a, an hour and 40 minutes or whatever. And um, I'll maybe just catch a bit of it. It's It's not been one that I watch a lot. But I like it. It's a feel-good movie that actually makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing particularly... Well, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the movie. We'll get into what I don't like about this movie. But um, it's just... It, I mean, this is the kind of film you would just switch on the TV on a Sunday afternoon, it'll be on, and you can just sit and watch it. No problems. So, what about you? Um, How many times have you seen this movie, Joe? I I don't know... <laughs> How you know? Sometimes I wish I'd you know kept track of all the movies I've watched throughout the years because I would love to yeah. know the number on some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way I've seen this less than twenty times. Right, I know that. Um, I've seen the first one twice. Don't yeah, really you prefer re- less to the first yeah, one, don't you? Yeah, I I actually just read the Wikipedia description of the first movie and I was like, I don't remember most of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I just thought was okay. I probably haven't seen it in like 15 years or so. In fact, I have a DVD two pack of both movies. I have not touched the first one. Um, but this one I loved. I saw this one in the theater um, and I had the soundtrack on cassette and I just, I, I love it. And it's, you know, a lot of the movies we watch, it's been a while since I watched them, but mm-hmm. I think I watched this like last year. Like, I feel like I've, it was on Disney plus. I feel like I've watched it since Disney plus launched. Yeah. I so, watched it on Disney uh, plus yesterday. So, yeah, I I love it so much. And um, it's so funny because at the time, like, you know, looking at it now, if you look at the kids, like, uh, Lauren Hill aside, Jennifer Love Hewitt is obviously the biggest star. And mm-hmm. some people go back and they're like, oh, I can't believe Jennifer Love Hewitt is in this. Mm-hmm. But she was on a kids show called Kids Incorporated. Yeah. So when I watched this, she was already the biggest star to me. Right. I was like, why is her role so small? She's clearly a star because she was on this show I watched on the Disney Channel. Yeah, and Lauren Hill was a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And there's um one of the more background uh singers in the class, mm-hmm. um Dee Dee Magno. She was on the Mickey Mouse Club, um the new Mickey Mouse Club. Right. And she was in they had um like a spin-off group called The Party. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think there's actually somebody else from The Party also in this class. But now she does a ton of voice work and she is Pearl on Steven Universe. All right, there you go. Good for her. Um, yeah. 
sometimes I get a little bit, not annoyed, but sometimes I do think when you pick a movie that you just want to watch because you like the movie, sometimes I'm like, right, there's nothing we can think about this movie. There's nothing bad about this. There's, it's, you know, there's no problems with it. Um, it's, it was in that sort of safe period of Disney um, because the first one was about her being on the run from witnessing a murder and she was mm-hmm. married, to, well, no married, she was a girlfriend of a married mob boss and all this and Harvey Cantel was in it for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> and then this... Well, he was also in Monkey Trouble. No, that's so... true. But this is, like, safe. This is safe Disney. Mm-hmm. It's not even Disney, it's Touchstone. But this is safe Disney, like, family movie. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad in this at all. And I'm glad I watched it yesterday because it cheered me up. So. That's good. Yeah. Well, we, well, what's funny is that we keep talking about how we've been watching, like, really good movies when we should have mm. picked the sequels, which mm. had more problems. So now I pick a sequel. And we probably would have had more problems with yeah. the first one. But, um, I mean, I try to pick movies that I loved when I was young. Like, not just movies that mm. I saw once, right? And I also, like, I've because I've gone back and watched so many movies I watched when I was younger, and I have problems with them. <laughs> and so I just kind of assume I'm going to find problems with all of them, yeah. right? Like, Sliding Doors I hadn't seen in so long, I was like, surely there's something wrong yeah. there. But that was another one I enjoyed watching. <laughs> Couldn't really find much. I like some feel-good movies. Yeah. Like, even My Girl, even though Thomas J. dies at the end, like, that's still, like, you feel kind of good watching it, yeah. you know? Like, it's enjo- it's, an, it's an enjoyable experience. Yeah. I'll try to find something really bad next time. My Girl's a sweet movie, and it's it's mm-hmm. very well made and, yeah, kind of manipulative, but manipulative in a sort of, you know, it earns it. Earns it. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Um, some movies don't earn being manipulative and um, destroying your very soul. But my girl does. <laughs> so, um, Anyway, Jen, if you can think of it, what is your first problem of this movie? Okay. I, I have a couple of my problems are pretty small. Um, so, and this is two of my problems are just problems I have with a lot of movies in general. Mm-hmm. And, and so they have their welcome dinner for Sister Mary Clarence. Mm-hmm. And the, te- the whole teaching staff is there. There are six teachers in this school. Yeah. Like, this school is, first of all, the school's huge. Like, you you know, maybe you could think, oh, the school, it's like a tiny school. But, like, I assume if the school's that big, there's probably, you know, a lot of students. Also, another thing I hate in TV and movies is um, she seems to just have this one music class. Like, are these all this? Well, they can't be all the students in the school because when she's going to the classroom, she sees students in other classrooms. Mm-hmm. But, like, music is a required subject, so, like, why are there no other classes? Yeah. It makes no sense to me why she has exactly one class, and it makes no sense to me why there's so few teachers, especially considering one of them teaches Latin. So it's not like they're just teaching, like, the standard stuff that's at every school, right? Yeah. Like, math and English and stuff like that. But, like, I just don't buy this school having so few teachers, and it I hate that. This happens a lot, and... I just, I don't like that. It's kind of like if you watch something like Superstore, which I love Superstore and everybody should watch Superstore, especially now that it's over, you can just binge the whole thing. And it's a pretty feel good, uh, show considering it takes place in a store 
that takes place in retail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, with that one, it seems like the same people are working every single day. <laughs> like, all the employees work together at the same time every single day. And I'm like, that's not that's not no. a thing. Not none of the the you wouldn't have the entire cast working together, if at all, it would be very rare that they're all together. So like I just have a problem with the fact that there's six well, teachers. Do we not see the entire school when the kids are performing later on? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. There were a lot of that, and there that room is full. Yeah. So so does that teacher? Does he teach Latin all day every day? I, I mean, I guess he could be teaching two subjects. Yeah, but they don't say that. They just say, I teach Latin, and that's it, basically. But if you think about everyone who was in that assembly uh-huh. when they sang, yeah, that couldn't be divided with six people. Because it's like, especially if you think about everyone out in the seats and the people on stage. Mm-hmm. Their classes, we see some of their classes. Their classes are not that big. It makes no sense. And I know it's not important. Like, I know that kind of thing ultimately is not important at all. But it's just the kind of thing that ever since I was a kid, like, I mean, this has just always bugged me. I don't, I I know I shouldn't expect my movies to be super realistic, but it's it's very annoying to me that their staff is so small. So that's my first problem. No, that's fair enough. Um, I have to go pretty deep into the movie, like further on into the movie to go with my first problem. Okay. Because I did have one early on, but then I get rid of it because it's more to do with the first movie. So this one is to do with this movie and it's the whole parent doesn't want their kid to do a certain thing trope. Okay. Because that like this is a trope, right? Where the parent mm-hmm. is like, no, you have to stay at school, you can't do music or whatever because music's not good. It doesn't pay the bills and all this shit. Um, imagine saying that to Lauren Hill. music doesn't pay the bills Um, but this one because we only hear about Rita's mum like once before and then we don't meet her until like way past like it's towards the third act we meet her mum and then the entire third act is based on her defying her mum and buggering off and then her mum coming and apologising like story wise that doesn't work for me I I would like to have seen her mum before like, mm-hmm. see, when she first left, when she quit the class the first time, maybe we could have met her mum then. Like, why are you home from school early or whatever? That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that, from storytelling point of view, that doesn't work for me, personally. Well, and and it it's one of those things where I wonder, like, was there more about her parents? Because the whole reason her mom doesn't want her to do music is because her dad died, like, still trying to make a living for music but i feel like we need more than that like mm-hmm. did he leave them to pursue music was he with them but just like not providing because he was um going after music like i need that backstory to be fleshed out a little more to understand why her mom is so bitter um i'm i'm actually going to tie my second well i'm going to make my third problem my second problem and then i'm going to tie it into this right because her mom has her mom tells her she can't be in choir right yeah. But music is a required class for yes. her to graduate. So her mom is trying to keep her from graduating. Like, it, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. I like, know. they have to have this class to graduate, but her mom won't let her do this. Yeah, because she also says, I want you to graduate and be good at your classes and stuff, but this is one of her required classes that she has to do. 
It makes no sense. The whole mum subplot shouldn't really be there, or it should be fleshed out more. Well, know? and does the mom not listen to music? Like, how far, do, how deep does this hatred of music go? Because the thing that sucks about that is it's like, there there also should maybe be something where, like, maybe Lauren Hill talks about wanting to pursue music. Because so far, this is just her daughter sings sometimes. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, mom, I'm going to make it as a singer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, why wouldn't you let her just be in a choir? Because if anything, if someone wants to sing but it's not going to be lucrative, that's when you encourage them to be in a choir or something in addition to their studies, in addition to working or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, there are ways that you can sing. You can't make a living doing it, but, like, there's ways you can sing while also being, like, an accountant or whatever. Yeah. I know. Um, I know. It doesn't mean it has to be our only job. I almost joined a a choir a few years ago. There was a guy who was a piano player um, in a for a choir I was in when I was a uh, teen and I ran into him and he was trying to get me to be in like the young adult choir at uh, his church, his Unitarian church. And so I went to the website and I was like really thinking about it. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? That might be fun to do. Bless his heart. He thought I looked a lot younger than I was because <laughs> I had aged out of it by a few years. It's or more than a few years. Right. And I, I remember telling Dylan, I was like, you know, I'm, I've aged out of this. And he's like, what? Well, I'm sure he'd make an exception for one or two years. I'm like, no, I am. I am. I do not qualify for this at all. Right. <laughs> and watching this, I'm like, I wish I was in choir. I loved being in choir. <laughs> Except I'm in alto. So I get a lot of boring parts. All right. Okay. But uh, yeah, this is definitely the kind of movie that choir people love. Right. I enjoyed that and had a good time with it. It's fun. And Whoopi Goldberg's so fun. Yes. Um, I was this watching morning, I was like, th- This morning I was like, man, I miss Whoopi Goldberg. And Dylan was like, you could watch her on The View. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not watching The View. Like, I enjoy watching her take down Meghan McCain every once in a while. But mm-hmm. like, no. And I'm talking about acting. Mm-hmm. Like, they're about to make a Sister Act 3. And I don't know how I feel about that, but I will watch it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it, it should have been... Still in the 90s if they made a, a third one. You know? 95, yeah. 96. And how many times can you have her pretend to be a nun? Like, how many reasons can you come up with? Like, the reason here was pretty flimsy. Yeah. Like, I, I actually think it would have been better if instead of it's like, I, we need you to come teach a class. If it had, if they had been like, they're going to close this place down, we think you can help us. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should have done that first. Like, put the whole... The school's closing down storyline at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. instead of having it halfway through. But yeah, no, I, I like I like a lot of Whoopi Goldberg um, uh, stuff that she does. Uh, I think she's great in Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the miniseries The Stand recently, uh-huh. and she was in that. Um, she played Mother Abigail in that, and she was good. The, the, the miniseries was garbage, but she was good. She's a solid actress. She is, yeah. I like how they tried to make her like an action movie star in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with Fatal Beauty and um, Jump Jack Flash and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's good. What's your second problem? Two words. Comedy priests. Really? Yeah. 
can't stand them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, yeah. just everything that the priests do just doesn't work for me at all. And, oh. like, driving in the van, like, why is he driving? He's only driving because they think it's funny. But he yeah. shouldn't be driving. Well, you already have a nun who's a bad driver. Yeah, exactly. So why? Like, you don't need... It's doubling up on the joke, which, by the way, fun fact. The um, the nun that drives the bus, and she's in both movies, she played a nun in a 1966 movie called The Trouble with Angels. And um, the frustration of being a child in a world where you don't have the internet is that I love The Trouble with Angels. It's a Haley Mills movie, and I love yeah. Haley Mills. Pollyanna. Yeah. Oh, God. Such a good movie. Oh, I love her. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think we should do one of those older movies. Well, the, I actually realized I want to do The Trouble with Angels. I haven't watched it in right. so long, and that's one I loved, and I'm sure I could come up with a problem. Right. Um. But anyway, so she she played it not only a nun in that, but the bus driver. <laughs> and but but being a kid, you know, in like 1993 and not having mm -hmm. the internet, I just remember watching um, this a bunch, and then I you know I watched Trouble with Angels a bunch, and then at one point I connected. I was like, I think that's the same person. I think maybe it didn't occur to me to check the credits or something. I don't know. Like I I wanted instant verification right <laughs> of who it was, and so it was a while before I could figure out if it was the same actress. And I just, I think sometimes we take that ability, like we take IMDb mm -hmm. for granted. Like I just think about the times where I would, I would just spend months trying to figure something out. Yeah, or you would forget about it, and you would it wouldn't come up again for years, and then you'd be like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. what about that? And then you would find it out some way. Um, or me, I would just forget about it anyway. But like I don't know the answer to that. I can't find it out. That will do. <laughs> I would, I would obsess yeah. about things. Um, and I also had it confirmed there was a girl in this that I thought she looked like kind of like a girl from uh, a kid's show called Salute Your Shorts. Mm -hmm. And so for years I was convinced of that. And then when I had, you know, finally had IMDb, I found out I was completely right. totally wrong. So, so IMDb helped me out with a couple things. So here. do you do you like the comedy priests then? I do. I think they're adorable. <laughs> um, kind of creepy. I. <laughs> The chef is yeah. creepy. Um, that kind of joke I'm not super into. Like the idea that they have this chef who like only makes one thing, and it all and it's all very phallic. Yeah, like that's I'm not. That's not very funny to me, but I'm no. sure it was funnier when I was younger. Um, but I'm I I think one of the reasons it's not funny to me is because like you give me the same thing to eat every day. I'm just going with it. Like that wouldn't even if it sucked, I'd probably just get used to it. I'm actually I'm higher higher than someone else, or I'm learning how to cook. I'm not eating the same thing every single day. If I lived by myself, I would end up eating the same thing every yeah, day. Yeah, but that's different. That's your choice and laziness. It probably wouldn't be anything special though. <laughs> no, it's not going to be it's... a big phallic sausage and, and amongst. Maybe it would be. Maybe. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Okay. Uh, so my my third problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is this is just another trope that I hate. So uh, they're talking to Sister Mary Clarence about her previous experience and stuff, and like she's like a prison. I hated working there, and they're like, "Well, we were told you liked working there." 
if you are keeping up a big lie like this, mm-hmm. that you're a nun, why wouldn't you go over your story first? That makes yeah. no sense to me. And um, they've been through this before. Like, I, it's not, I understand that, you know, there's the comedy of her like being flustered and like saying the wrong thing. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I just, it makes the characters look stupid. Yeah, the the nuns from the the first movie are pretty much sidelined in this. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, it's it's all about Whoopi and the kids. This movie, like Maggie Smith and um, Catherine and Jimmy and all that, are just basically mm-hmm. just there every now and then to say something. This is a big time for Catherine and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I I saw her, I I became a fan around this time because she was in a bunch of stuff. Like she had just done Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what else. I just know that, like, I, I knew her name at this point. And I, yeah, I wish she had a little more to do. Um, yeah. And, and Maggie Smith just, she's always great when she shows up. Mm-hmm. I, I love her. She's very classy, uh, Maggie Smith. She is. She is. <laughs> Everybody loves Maggie Smith. Like, yeah. when, um, Dylan and I watched Downton Abbey, I think he was in love with her. <laughs> He won't admit it because she's much older, but I'm pretty sure he was in love with her. Yeah. She looks pretty much the same now as she <laughs> did in this movie. It's been almost 30 years and she looks the same. She does. I it's mean, crazy. I, I don't know if it's just because of the... Um, she's wearing the nun outfit and you can only mm-hmm. really see her face, but she she looks basically the same now as she did then. Yeah, it's so funny when, like, I think about people that I thought were really old when I was younger, uh-huh. and then I watch them in things now, and I'm like, you still, you don't feel that old. And then I look back, and it's like, oh, they were not as old as I thought. Yeah. Um. So, of course, now I have to look up her age. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one, uh, Maggie Smith is 86. And two, I am older than Kathy and Jimmy in this movie. Um. <laughs> I am older than Whoopi Goldberg in this movie. Right. I don't like that. <gasps> but people age. How do you think Maggie Smith I, feels? <laughs> I feel very young. <laughs> That's my problem. I feel very young. And I it, I had, you know, I had brunch with my parents earlier. And you should have seen the looks on their faces when I was like, yeah, you know, I'm several years older than the mom in Home Alone. <laughs> and my dad. Oh, God. He looked <laughs> horrified. It was hilarious. And then I told my mom, I was like, you know, I'm older than uh, Lauren Graham at the end of Gilmore Girls. <sighs> Matt got her. So that was enjoyable. <laughs> my goodness. Well, someone wanted you to join their um, young adult choir, so that should make you feel young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, I met somebody recently who, like... They thought I was in like my mid twenties, and I was like, "You're an idiot." But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really sweet. It's dark. The lighting's bad. Yeah. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, I used to get told when I was in my thirties. I used to get told that I looked like I was in my twenties, but now I'm forty four. I look forty four. So, you know, I think one thing that really helps is uh, I uh, dress like a child, right? <laughs> like, first of all, I have a messenger bag that um, it looks like Kaylee's messenger bag in um, Firefly, mm-hmm. which means it has a giant teddy bear, like a flower and a heart on yeah. it. And um, like, like right now I'm wearing um, 
like a a buffy like a baseball mm-hmm. tee and it's got like an illustration on it like i you know it's and it's that thing where we get in, this idea in our heads of how older people look mm-hmm. because of how they looked when we were younger and now it's like i mean it's standard that like a lot of adults wear like graphic tees and jeans mm-hmm. and stuff like that right um and i think people still have it in their head that that's like a young person thing yeah. when it's really that as people get older they're still wearing like similar things to what they wore when they were younger yeah i mean so like pop culture is pop culture is now a thing you know people like it more so they wear and t-shirts when we were when we were kids older people like they hadn't grown up wearing t-shirts mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like maybe some of them wore like a white t-shirt mm-hmm. but definitely not the women and now it's like i mean this is just what we know yeah I'm wearing a, a gizmo from Gremlins t-shirt, so... <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I'm not one to talk. <laughs> yeah, my graphic tee collection, there it's probably at least 50 shirts. Yeah, I need to go. And then I just wear the same five over and over again. My, my mum and my sister have um, decided to no longer buy me any because I'm 44. <laughs> so I'm not allowed See, to have any more movie t-shirts or character t-shirts unless I buy them myself. <laughs> That's that's a pet peeve for me is people who say like you're too old to wear those kind of shirts because yeah. it's like no no I'm not too old to wear anything I can wear whatever I want if I want to go out in public and win in onesie just can we stop judging each other exactly <laughs> can we just stop and honest and honestly like after this past year after we spent the year in our houses I'm really upset that we're not just accepting us going out in our pajama pants yeah that should be a thing yeah so. My third problem is towards the end, two characters break the fourth wall. Um, yeah. I can excuse the ending credits because that's the ending credits when they're singing to the camera. That's perfectly fine. But in the actual movie, do not break the fourth wall. You're not that kind of movie. When they yeah. find out that she's a Vegas, um, not showgirl, she's a Vegas headliner, mm-hmm. they look to the camera. And I don't like it. It was pointless and silly. And you know I don't like people breaking the fourth wall like that anyway, so... This movie needed more Alana Ubach. Which one was that? She's the one who breaks the All fourth right. wall. She's the one who sings Love Boat. I love Alana Ubach. Mm-hmm. This is like... I And this is like Kathy and Jimmy. This is around the time I was seeing her in a bunch of stuff and fell in love with her. Um, she was in a... God, I had it in my head a second ago. The Brady Bunch movie. Mm-hmm. Um, She's great. She's always good in everything she shows up in. She was one of the most recent things I saw her in was uh, Bombshell, and she played uh, Judge Janine uh, Pirro, mm. and she was perfect. Is she the lesbian in Brady Bunch? Brady Bunch movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, and she was in the Legally Blonde movies, right? Um, she's just great. Like this, this, this movie has a lot of like smaller roles with actors that I love. Mm. Oh, I just remembered another problem I had. Did I not make a note? I meant to. Oh, I did. It got. I wasn't paying attention, and my notes bled together because I wasn't looking at what I was right. writing. I'll, okay, I want to talk about something. Mm-hmm. So, as we've gotten into a more woke world, yeah. Um, as we're learning more, sometimes characters change. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's always those characters. Uh, in the '90s, people like Willow on Buffy oh. who don't enjoy Thanksgiving. Because we took the land from the natives. And I didn't realize until recently that that's supposed to be seen as a crazy thing. Mm 
Like that we're supposed to think those characters are ridiculous. Cause I remember watching shows at that age or like at that time and being like, well, that they make a really good point. Like it never seemed weird to me. I was like, oh, this is the person that actually like understands what's going on. Yeah. But it's supposed to be hilarious, right? Yeah, Willow's supposed to be in the wrong in that episode. Which just, I can't even comprehend. Like, that blows my mind, because she's in the right. Uh-huh. Um, and that that wouldn't happen now. Now, Buffy would be the one that was the weirdo, right? Because, like, not everyone, obviously, because America's very racist. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of us are like, Thanksgiving is bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, we're just celebrating it because that's when our family gets together and we like the food, but we're pretty pissed about it. I remember, um, like one year I donated a ton of equipment to people at, um, Standing Rock. Yeah. Because I felt like that balanced out my turkey dinner. (laughs) Um, so you have a mall who, you know, like when she calls his name, he's like, that's my government name, you know, call me a mall. And Mm -hmm. he's like, he clearly knows a lot about like African American history. And he like an African history. And he's like calling out like a culture, cultural appropriation and stuff. And he's supposed to be seen as the weirdo, Mm -hmm. right? Like all that's supposed to be like, everyone's annoyed with Mm -hmm. it. Amal is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like that character is very different to me now. It's like, I just, um, I recently rewatched the first season of the real world. And there was this, what? (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all, Jen. (laughs) They put it on Paramount Plus and they just did a reunion. So I, I, well, actually I say, I'm not going to say I watched it because the reunion, because I actually had just started watching it Uh the day they announced the reunion. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm preparing already. Um, But the, the black guy in the first season, Kevin Powell, he was seen as the angry black man, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And people would watch it and they'd be like, oh, he makes everything about race. He's so angry. Like, and I know I did that mm-hmm. when I was a kid, um, when I watched it. And then you watch it now mm-hmm. and you're like, Kevin was saying all the things that we're only just now saying. Mm-hmm. Like, he was ahead of his time in the things that he was saying and the way he's, he was calling people out. And he made mistakes. Like, you know, he called somebody a bitch and stuff. Like, it, it wasn't, he wasn't doing everything perfectly, but like, he was right. Mm-hmm. And then when you watch the reunion, all but one one woman who we won't get into that. She's a real Karen. But anyway, the other five mm-hmm. were like, dude, you were right. Like everything you said was right. And we were all wrong. And it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just Amal reminded me a lot of that where it's like you're watching it and you're like, this character, this shouldn't like, are we supposed to be making fun of this? I don't know. Like, I get how he seems a little extreme, right? Yeah. But, like, it's not... It just doesn't play the same to me No, I was, in 2021. I was watching it yesterday, and I was like, what's... what? Why is everyone, like, telling him to shut up and stuff? It's like, it's perfectly fine what he's saying. <laughs> he's probably got a little bit overboard, but, you know, he's, he's not saying anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was confusing to me. Um, yeah, and... Sorry. That actor is now a producer. Good for him. Uh, a music producer. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, so, so I, I... Sorry. Oh, I had one thing I wanted to say about one of the other students okay. in this movie. Have you heard of Riley Weston? No. Okay. So, this is a story going back over 20 years. So, there was this girl, Riley Weston. She um, got a lot of attention in 1998 because she got a job writing for Felicity at the age of 19. Really? 
Um, yeah, in fact, one of the reasons she, I mean, like, I think one of the main reasons she got hired, like, they'd seen her writing work and they liked it, but it was like, oh, she's, you know, almost Felicity, she's around Felicity's mm-hmm. age, she'll be, you know, really good. And she was even in an episode, she played um, a high schooler that comes to visit the school and stays with Felicity. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little thing, like, I read that at the, like, she's like four foot 11 and 98 pounds, like, very teeny tiny, like mm-hmm. a child. Um, and I, I remember this at the time, Entertainment Weekly, like they even did a write up about her being so young. And I remember reading that. Um, and then after she'd worked on Felicity for a year or so, and and she got like a half a million dollar deal with Disney and stuff. Um, turns out she lied about her age. She was 32. (coughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was asked. She that was hilarious. She was fatty too. She was thirty two. She uh, told everybody that she was born in nineteen seventy nine, but she was actually born in nineteen sixty six. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and the the thing is, and this this is why this would never fly today because of the internet oh. and everything. Um, she had recently in nineteen ninety seven she had changed her name to Riley Weston. I forget what she went as before that. Um, and she's one of the students in this movie. <laughs> Like, and this is, you know, this is five years before mm-hmm. that. So she would have had to have been like, I mean, at the time they filmed this, like probably 13. And that's not, I think people, and she had been acting before this. Like, I think that if that happened today, if anyone bothered to like look yeah. her up on IMDb or anything, it wouldn't have worked. And it was one of those things where she said, um, she had changed her name and age because she wasn't happy with the roles that were available for people her age. Um, which makes sense because like younger people weren't like people in their twenties, people didn't really care that much about them around that. T- like I remember friends was supposed to have been like, they, nobody wanted to make a show like that. Cause who cares about people mm-hmm. in their twenties? But like she was having trouble getting roles. And so she figured, you know, she looks really little. She'd take advantage of the fact that she looked young and she would, you know, now she could get like younger roles than like, you know, late twenties, early thirties. And, um, she maintains like people lie about their age all the time and they change their name all the time Mm -hmm. in Hollywood. And I get that. However, the reason she got that job on Felicity. Because they thought she was 19. Yeah. And and who knows? Maybe she would have gotten the job anyway if she was 32, but like that they stated that was one of the reasons they hired her is because she was 19. See, I don't understand that because if she looked young, why wouldn't they be hiring her, hiring her anyway to play younger characters? You know, because I they always know. hire older anyway to play younger. So what's the, what's the deal with her being in her 30s if she looks like she's 19 yeah. or 20? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know the, the yeah, details yeah. of that. And I was trying to read some articles about it from, you know, the late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s. And like all the links were dead. Right. Um, which is such a bummer. But um, yeah, I just I've always found her story really fascinating. And I'm watching the movie, you know, and I get to the, the credits and I see right. I see or no, no, I, I, I looked her up on I'm, I looked up the people on IMDb towards the end and I see her name there. And I was like, wait, Riley Weston, I know that name. That's that's not that girl, is it? Because I didn't recognize her in the movie. And it's it's just it's such a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't all these Years I've been watching this movie, I never knew she was in it. Right. Um, but God, she got so much attention because 
how amazing, you know, this woman writing for a TV show when she was only 19. Yeah, thank goodness. So that's that's my my favorite trivia about anybody in this movie. <laughs> right, before we get into the positives, right? Okay. I just want to say this thing, which would have been a problem for the first movie, but it carries over into the second movie. Okay. Casting non-singing actors and then dubbing their voices. <sighs> yeah. Because Wendy McKenna, who plays, I can't remember the, the redhead one. Yeah. Who is really adorable, mm-hmm. but her voice is dubbed in this movie and the movie previous by Andrea Robinson. Sister Mary Robert. Yeah, Sister Mary Robert. So her voice is dubbed. And that just annoys me. Mm-hmm. Because why not just hire someone who can sing? I don't understand it. Maybe just because they just liked the way she looked, because she looked, like, young and sweet and, you know? I don't know. I don't care. But just hire someone who can sing. Especially if the first movie sort of revolves around her. Because she's the one who can't, you know, she's the one who's very shy and then suddenly she's got this great singing voice. Mm -hmm. But it's not even her. And I just think that that's a bit, yeah. But it's not a problem for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I've what always bothered me is why is her hair not covered completely? Yeah, because you always see the, the like the red. Um, yeah, like bangs. she's she's really good in these movies. Mm-hmm. I was pissed when I found out she wasn't doing the singing. Yeah, I don't get it. And it's you know, and they I feel like they don't do that as much anymore. No, um, like I was watching uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist the other day, which is a delightful show. Um. And, you know, anytime they bring a new character on and it's like, say it's an actor you've seen in other things before, you know, they'll start singing and you'll be blown away like, oh, they can sing. And it's like, even even small characters, they you it seems like they must require everybody to have a somewhat decent voice uh-huh. to be on that show, because even the smallest character could become bigger and then they have to sing a song. Everyone has to sing a song eventually. Yeah. Um, but it and, and sometimes... The sad thing is sometimes it happens like um, Coyote Ugly, Piper Parabo actually has a decent voice and she sang all the songs in the movie and then in the end they decided to go with Leanne Rimes doing her voice. Right. So sometimes people get cast and they can sing but they still dub. Yeah. It's it's very noticeable in this movie though. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, in the end credits, when she sings her two lines in the song, it's very noticeably not her. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fine. It's, that's, that's a problem for the previous movie, but it just annoys me. Um, so what is your positive of this movie? And remember, you can't see the movie. I know. <laughs> uh, it's the music. The music is so great. Yeah. Um, I love I love a good medley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it starts off in, like, Man, if I hear even one of the songs from it and I start singing along, I then like just keep going with the medley. Like yeah. I I know all the music from this movie so well because I watched the movie a million times, <clears throat> listened to the soundtrack a million times. It's still so mm-hmm. delightful. Um and I do enjoy in a credits when they ha- do that thing, like, you know, in this one they're singing um Ain't No Mountain. Yeah. And it's the whole cast singing and having fun. And I like ending a movie on that. Yeah. No, it's-, it's always really fun to end a movie I that way. I watched the entire credits um, yesterday. I just kept it going. Um, Disney Plus tried to get me to watch something else. 
but yeah they were like you want to skip the credits and i was like yeah, no bitch i want exactly. to watch this um the sad thing is that one of the most recent movies i can think of that did that was a uh, slum dog mm-hmm. millionaire but somebody i absolutely loathe like one of my least favorite people in the entire universe came into the theater um like the lights were down and i don't think they saw me but dylan and i mm-hmm. hate this guy uh for really upsetting reasons i'm not going to get into and um so as soon as the movie was over we bolted and for the longest time people kept talking about that bollywood number at the end and i was like what are you talking about like i had no idea what they were talking about and i realized oh i was running from this guy so quickly that i Mm -hmm. missed it and it's such a bummer because i love i love that kind of thing at the end of a movie yeah See, that doesn't take me out of the movie, that sort of thing, because it's the ending credits. And it's it's happy. Yeah. I mean, you obviously can't do it with everything. No. Like, you're not going to do it with, like, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. But <laughs> if you're watching a comedy, it's nice. Yeah. What's your positive? My positive is uh, Back in the Habit is a fantastic title, <laughs> because I like a good pun. So Back in the Habit gets a thumbs up from me it's so great <laughs> i'm not i like you the movie that... so you know i can't really see much else i you know do you know that thing people do like it's a it i think it hasn't happened in a while but it used to be kind of a joke and on a lot of tv movies like someone will say like make up a sequel name or something and someone will say electric, electric boogaloo, boogaloo. I like to go with Back in the Habit. Like, one day Dylan was like, "What? this is played out. Why don't we do something else? And he was like, let's do Back yeah. in the Habit. So sometimes if someone says, you know, something to... Well, actually, this morning we were talking about um, pets, and my kid had heard that I had a cat named Blue Eyes, and my parents were about to get a cat. And so he was like, we should name the new cat Blue Eyes. And they were like, Blue Eyes too. And I was like, Back in the Habit. Yeah. <laughs> and no no one laughed. No one finds me amusing. But I, I enjoy well, it. Well, I- it doesn't rhyme. No, but, well, that's, you know. I think that's what people like about Electric Boogaloo, because it rhymes with mm-hmm. two. Well, and that's where you get into, like, this isn't just adding something onto a sequel. This is playing off the joke of, ele- like, this is like a two-layer mm-hmm. joke, right? Like, you're you're really mocking the Electric Boogaloo yeah, thing. but... So, it's no wonder nobody yeah. laughs. But back in the habit is... I love it. I just love that title. It's so good. And when I talk about Sister Act 2, I usually say Sister Act 2 back in the habit. Like, I say the whole yeah. thing. So, it's it's yeah. genius. It it's a really genius good title. title yeah. Because um, it could have just have been Sister Act 2, and then that would have been that. But mm-hmm. whoever put back in the habit there, and then, <laughs> after the colon, mm-hmm. genius. <laughs> God, I love this movie. This was really fun. Like, it just makes me so happy. It's such a nice, positive movie. So do you want to know what I've picked for next week? It's, and it, <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you pick for well, next week? Um, I've already told you, actually. It's, I still know what you did last summer. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So we're just going with Jennifer Love We're going for movies. another Jennifer Love Hewitt movie. But this one, she's actually, you know, the star. Um, I already know my problems with the movie, so... <laughs> I haven't seen it in a really long time. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's all we have time for. Um, you can follow the podcast at Drop the Pilot Pod on Twitter. You can go to shiftybench.co.uk. It's a website for all our other episodes and my other podcasts. 
Um, and contact at shiftedbench.co.uk is the email address where you can send us feedback. So where can people find it, Jen? Um, I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Uh, that is also the name of my other podcast, Pilot Inspectors. And I have a podcast, uh, Party 5 Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Yeah, excellent. So we also have a playlist of songs on Spotify. You can uh, Songs from the movies that we cover. You can find that... Um, so what's the problem podcast playlist it's called uh, and I'm going to put up a couple of songs from Sister Act 2 on there uh, and we also have a letterboxed list of the movies that we've covered so far you can find that so what's the problem podcast as well so thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time goodbye bye bye